Hey, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley. Each week, I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut for Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon preparation, and they'll share with us a few things that we didn't hear from the sermon on Sunday. Thanks for listening. Hey, Claire, have you finished your snack? It's time for Cut for Time. <laughs> I know, I was just had to finish chewing. Got some nuts and cranberries. All right, hey. thanks. <laughs> you did my least favorite part of the podcast for me, which is saying, hey, welcome. Because it feels the same every time. All right, well, Jeff, we already know um, we've got some exciting questions that we want to cover. So before we get to those, let's give, why don't you give us a sermon summary from Sunday so we can dive in. Yeah, so we are, again, continuing in uh, Luke's theological history, the story of the church, how Jesus continues to work by his spirit through his people. And we've seen external opposition and some internal conflict. And now we're starting to see those circles, in a sense, like kind of the ripples getting bigger as they expand out. Uh, So now the opposition is getting a little bigger. And we met Stephen last week among this group of believers that uh, the the body of disciples nominated and the and the elders the apostles prayed over and commissioned to be in charge of distributing food for the needy and the congregation. So that was Luke's way of sort of he does this often. He'll introduce a person who's gonna have a significant role in an ongoing way in the book. So last uh, this last Sunday, we got kind of more of who Stephen is and what he's doing. And we see uh, Stephen being uh, a faithful follower of Jesus, whose life actually parallels Jesus. And that's has to not be by accident. Uh, like the, the spirit is working together with Stephen's life and what Luke records to say, I think, indirectly, people who are faithfully following Jesus are going to end up looking like him and their lives are going to reflect what Jesus life looked like. And, and we see that over and over in Stephen's life. And uh, the, the kind of the big themes I, as we looked at were that Stephen as a faithful follower was used to make a really significant impact as mm-hmm. he stepped out in faith. Um, we see that through the miracles and signs that he's doing. But that attracts opposition because just like Jesus experienced opposition, faithful followers attract opposition. And so there's this group of um, people in Jerusalem who are maybe jealous or resentful or think that they're defending God and defending the truth in some way because this Stephen is preaching, you know, a different relationship with God through Jesus. Uh, and Stephen is empowered again by the spirit to be able to answer them. He's given wisdom. And, and then just like with Jesus, they bring up these false witnesses uh, to lodge all these crazy accusations against him. Uh, and Stephen doesn't respond with hostility. He experiences this amazing joy and peace and calmness because of the presence of God's spirit with him. And so we're kind of left hanging a little because now we're going to find out what happens next. So the, the conflict is intensifying. Right. And, and it's, it's almost like, you know, one of those cliffhanger endings in uh, a YA novel or, you know, in, in an old uh, weekly TV show, like tune in next week to find out what happens. 
but mm. it's getting really serious now because these are like murderous threats against Stephen. And uh, there's this pattern, though, that faithful followers look like the people they're following. And in Stephen's case, his life is clearly reflecting the patterns of Jesus' life, where God is doing amazing things to make a difference in people's lives beyond Stephen's ability. That seems for some reason to attract opposition. Uh, and yet in response to that, Stephen has peace and confidence because he knows God is with him. Yeah. I think something that you just said that stood out to me that I missed the first time around is the accusations that are coming against him aren't just like, they're not um, light, like they're serious. Like you said, they're murderous. And so, you know, on one hand, when I think, well, how do I respond if someone takes what I say out of context or, Mm -hmm. you know, has an accusation against me, it's never been to that degree. And uh, it's one thing to act in with peace and confidence and assurance in the Mm -hmm. Lord when it's Mm -hmm. like minor, but to like have that peace when you know, it's like, it's life or death. I would be feels like I should scramble. I gotta be like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me back this. Let's back this up. This is way out of context. Like, you guys are going too far, you know. And I would yeah. not feel that peace that he is described as having, you know, like this face, like an angel. Right. Yeah. Or I mean, yeah. Either it's the fight or flight response, right? Like. I'm either going to run away or like, I'm going to puff my chest out. Right. And like, what, how dare you accuse me? And don't, you know, and look at all the good stuff that I'm doing for God and how, you know, and Stephen has none of that. Right. It's just like, he's composed, he's calm, he's trusting in the Lord. Like he's radiating like the, the presence and the peace of Jesus in the middle of this. And I just think like, wow, that's, man, I love my kids and we have a good relationship, but, you know, I'm sure that I and my kids could look back at times when they were doing stuff that I didn't like, or they, you know, we had some conflict and I was probably not radiating the peace and the joy and the confidence and the hope and the security of Jesus. I mean, sometimes yes, but yeah, I, I want to be more like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely um all right so jeff you posed an interesting thought which is you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with so i'd like to ask you who are your five people Uh, man i uh so i started off yeah talking about my older brother brad who's definitely one of those five um and I, we're Christians, so of course we have to say Jesus. But so we'll talk about five people that like we've met and, you know, personally in the body yeah. in this life. Uh, I hadn't really thought about it, uh, but off the top of my head. Um, so I've read a lot of C.S. Lewis and Tim Keller. Uh, really appreciate their contributions, uh, their uh, character, uh, creativity and thoughtfulness in engaging the culture and, and, you know, communicating who Jesus is. So obviously didn't meet either of those people. Uh, but I would say they've had a big impact on me. Um, 
So, you know, just being honest here, uh, my favorite music artist, I think I have every one of his album CDs is Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, I just, <laughs> he just has this great goofy sense of humor. And he's, he's actually like, he's a down to earth kind of wholesome. He's just a genuinely nice guy too. But I just, I love his parody and his humor and it's just it's lighthearted and it's fun and it's goofy and it's riffing on you know stuff that's popular in culture and my kids grew up hearing all that like they know the weird al parody versions of songs more than they know the originals mm-hmm. and like oh i didn't know weird al. i didn't know that was a weird al song but it was like yeah that was the original yeah um, yeah i i'd probably have to think a little more to uh come up with another uh, another one. I mean, I've had a couple of people, um, mentors in a sense, like guys in ministry and in my life that I've looked up to and been blessed to be able to spend time with and connect with and learn from. And um, yeah. Okay. What about Amelia? Oh, well, you spend yeah. Most time I mean, with her. And, and my wife, of course, too. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I spend more time with Amelia than all of those other people combined, obviously. So, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, being married, you're inevitably, and that was, you know, kind of one of the funny uh, images that we talked about was, you know, the idea of that old saw of like, you know, you look at old couples and they start to look like each other. It actually yeah. turns out there's some research that backs that up. And and they have a few theories about that. But I think the biggest one is just you, you're together with this other person and you're you know spending so much time together you're rubbing off on each other you pick up mannerisms and habits and likes and dislikes and you do things together you experience things together you're talking about things together so yeah for sure yeah so you have a different um perspective I guess on like this question I was expecting you to name drop like five people from faith <laughs> oh, CFS. And I get where you're coming from of like mm. the people who have the biggest voice or influence in your life, mm. I guess, not just necessarily the people you spend the most time with. So I was thinking uh, yeah, the people yeah. I invest the most with or spend the most time with in real life, other than like my kids, I'm thinking of peers, people my age or older yeah. mentors, yeah. I guess, because I would not want to be the average of a one-year-old, three-year-old and five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but but, so you average that out and that means you are Addie (laughs) that's an interesting thought Um, (laughs) some people may say that's accurate but um yeah I think I I thought of it as the people that I'm spending in you know but I don't know you could answer the question either way both ways really who's got the most influence in my life versus who am I spending the most time with Mm. Yeah, that's kind of what I was, well, and some of that, like thinking again, like saying Tim Keller's C.S. Lewis, part of it was because I've just read and reread so much of their stuff. And mm-hmm. with the intentionality of saying, oh, I want to learn from this. I want to glean from this. I want to think about this and reflect on it. And boy, that was really meaningful. That was impactful. Um, boy, I hadn't thought of it that way, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, different than I mean, what you're saying is totally valid, too, because you could talk about like for a lot of us, boy, if I'm in an office or at a job site or a school eight hours a day, there may be a three or four people that I spend a lot of that time with. But yeah, that I mean, so that would be valid. But again, is it are they having 
like a big impact on your life. Um, you raised a question when we were talking, though, Claire, too, about maybe the question, maybe it raises the question of what if, what if I am like in a situation like that and there's some people that maybe I don't want to emulate, like I'm spending a lot of my time in a work or school or neighborhood or whatever setting. And there's people that I'm like, oh man, I, I could see not in a, not in a judgmental or self-righteous way, but just like, oh, I, I don't want to be that. Um, yeah. You, you raise, so you raise a question like, so what do you do with that? What, what have you been in that situation before? What do you think? Um, I mean, I think that, yeah, if, if you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with and you look at like maybe the fruit from their life or the lack thereof, mm. and it makes you mm. think, Hmm, maybe not that I need to just like say, absolutely not. We aren't, sorry, I can't spend time with you anymore. Just like, okay, refocus and figure out where do you get your influence from? I don't know. It leads me to ask you, like, what are the qualities you mm. would most like look for in an individual mm. that you would mm. pattern your life after? Give mm. us just a few. Oh, wow. Well, I can think of some like uh, I'm thinking particularly of a couple of seminary professors that I just looked up to as literally saying, like, man, I, I want to be like him when I'm older. Uh, and it, it was things like gentleness, respect for others, kindness, uh, humility, patience, humor. Uh, like it was just, there are people that we, we probably all know that just like you look forward, like they, they don't, they're, they walk into a room and it's not like they're the center of attention at all. Like not that kind of a personality, but it's just like, there's a peace and a joy and, and uh, I don't know how else to express it. Like you just want to be around that person uh, because there's, there's just this reflection. I think of Jesus life, like the, the fullness of life that Jesus talks about. And, mm -hmm. and that can look like so many different things. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, I, I think that's a lot of it. Uh, you asked me like, so what would that be? I think it's the thoughtfulness, the, the gentleness, the respect, the paying attention to other people, valuing the other people I come in contact with. Um, yeah. What about you, Claire? Mm -hmm. Jesus says, like, come be like me. Come learn from me. Come walk mm -hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then how does Jesus walk? Um, mm -hmm. He is slow. Mm -hmm. He's interruptible. He has, he has intention. He knows his mission. He doesn't like, he could do a lot of things and a lot of healings and do a lot of, he knows exactly what he's sent to do his purpose um he is humble and meek and um I don't know so when I think of like becoming like Jesus I personally mm. then need to find people who help me be slow mm. and help me be have intention be certain about what like God has specifically tasked me to do and find, mm. um, I don't know, 
like find God, meet me there, be interruptible, be humble, mm. teachable. Mm. So anyways, that's, those are the qualities, but also I will say there's one person that, uh, in real life I spend a lot of time with and she is different from me. Like, I don't want to just find people that are exactly like me. Mm, exactly. Right. Yeah, right um, right. one of my favorite qualities about her is she is fun, loving and goofy <laughs> and spontaneous, which are things that don't aren't maybe like my natural bend. And so Mm. also I need a little bit of that like I definitely need it as a mom or mm. um as a friend yeah we're, I liked what you said we're, we're not looking for people who are just you know just like us you know the world doesn't need another me I mean I'm me and I'm who Jesus designed me to be and I want to be the best version of me that Jesus helps me to become but we're also not going to probably look to somebody who's just, you know, so very different in personality. So there's something about, I think, uh, a middle ground there or, you know, people that we can relate to, but, but we can also see, man, they can, I see something in them that I think God can bring out more in me and help me grow in, uh, because I can relate to them, even though we're not the same. We're not so different that it's like, oh, they're just wired totally different. And they have totally different gifts. And so I'm going to, I mean, I can, you can learn from anyone, but that, you know, the emulation, I think there's, yeah, there's, there's some point at which we look for those people that can draw out of us the things that are there and that God can use other people to help grow and flourish and expand into yeah what god could do with that in our lives does that, yeah. that make sense yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah your sermon uh reminded me of a conversation that we had with joey a few years ago on cut for time he mm. brought up um just this idea of hey when we're talking about habits that help you form to be like help you in formation to be more like christ Mm. Um, who's that person that comes to mind? What do they do? Mm -hmm. How do they act? What are mm. their rhythms and routines and behaviors? And then try it out, like do it. And it might feel odd at first. It's not maybe your norm, but to see what comes of it, like let the action lead and let your heart follow. Mm. Um, and for the purpose mm. specifically of becoming more like Christ, like you see them, their walk with the Lord. These are the the things that they put in place in their life, like give it a shot. Right. So, yeah. um, it also brought to mind first Corinthians chapter 11, um, verse one that just says, uh, be imitators of me. Paul says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So Jeff, mm -hmm. is there anyone like maybe Brad, like a mm -hmm. practice or thing that you have imitated in someone else? um because they are imitating christ and you've thought i'm gonna give it a try and just see what happens i'll tell you the one that i'm working on right now uh, yeah so people you know, we often hear about the benefit of journaling and the the discipline of you know it can go in a lot of different directions but you know just writing down reflections thoughts prayers observations uh what you're encountering in god's word what you're praying about uh what you're hoping god will do and 
so true confessions time i've I've really never done that i mean except in very limited ways i just i hate my handwriting and for some reason like writing longhand is just it feels like a chore Mm. for me especially at any length and so i just i haven't done it and yet i was challenged by someone recently to say no, I think there's real benefit in this. And it's not the same as typing out. I mean, I'll do stuff like that uh, at a computer, which, you know, I'd, I'd much rather because it's faster and I, you know, the thoughts come and she's like, no, that's part of the reason that there's a benefit in journaling is yeah. it forces you to slow down and pay attention to what you're thinking and sort through things and not be in a rush to get all the words out. And it's the reinforcement of your body actually being engaged in writing words on a page that's different from typing it on a keyboard that helps not just the expression but the retention of what you're writing down right I've heard that yeah Um, yeah so I'm like okay I'll I'll try this because I I believe you and I I see that it's done good things in your life and so I'm trying that and it's a struggle because it doesn't come naturally. I have just gotten into the habit and the mindset of like, I don't like this. So, okay. But if there's benefit in it, I will trust that I can gain something from it, even if it feels awkward. And it's like anything you start, that's going to feel awkward at first. And you have to develop the new habits and the new rhythms and train yourself in a good way. So that's that's what I'm working on is some journaling around prayer requests and observations and reflections of the day and yeah, things that I'm talking to God about. Okay. So too soon to say if it yeah. becomes like a forever habit or a like you do you feel like you haven't quite seen right. like the fruit yet. It's too soon. Oh yeah, no, this is like very a very new thing. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Well, thank you for giving us uh, an update on the journaling piece. Maybe we'll ask for it like a year from now. We'll see. Are you still doing it? Uh, maybe I'll set a reminder. Are you no, still doing you, you it? Should just forget that actually and <laughs> pretend I didn't say it so that no, no, that'd be good. Yeah. That, the accountability is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I don't set a reminder, I feel like anyone listening right now is like, they're going to oh, ask, they're going to yeah. text us in a year from now. Great. Now yeah, you got the whole, you got all of Faith Church and everyone on the internet who's who's going to be my accountability partner. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> all right, Jeff. Thanks for your time today. And uh, now you've left us on this cliffhanger, so we're looking forward to hearing next week's sermon with Joey uh, Hillcover. What's next? Yeah, and uh, you know it won't be too much of a spoiler alert to just point out Luke is clearly priming us to see the parallels to Jesus' life. And if you've got angry leaders who are accusing this representative of Jesus of the same things they accused Jesus of, you can probably guess where this is heading. But we'll see how that works out when Joey preaches on Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. He's preaching a long Yeah. 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 Chapter seven. I think it, uh, other than the Sermon on the Mount, it's like certainly in the book of Acts and and after Jesus, it's the longest single speech, I think, that anyone is given space to in the New Testament, which is kind of interesting, right? Yeah. 
not an apostle, yeah. not a, not a pastor. Not, yeah. That's interesting. Looking forward to it. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Claire. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If you wish to submit questions to our pastors following their sermon, you can email them to podcast at faithliveitout.org or text them into our Faith Church texting number, and we'll do our best to cover it in the week's episode. If this conversation blessed you in any way, we encourage you to share it with others. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week.